0: Hey there, I'm Bill. And I'm Jeff. And this is the Cubs Session Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, at Cubs Session Pod on Twitter is where you can find us. And uh, otherwise, just listen in here.
1: Yes, uh, that is the case, Bill.
0: Jeff, it's been a while, but uh, happy to be back on here talking to you. It's time. Cubs baseball right around the corner.
1: Let me say, um, it kind of probably seems like we are uh, bandwagon fans because we hopped on in the middle of the world series uh in 2016 to do this and then didn't do a thing for all of 2017 and now we're back but let me just say it's because we have kids and families and uh we are truly diehard Cubs fans.
0: Yeah, the excitement in the twenty seventeen or 2016 World Series run was just so much that we couldn't help ourselves, and we wanted to get some information out there and share our thoughts, and then I think both of us kind of got uh, overwhelmed by life last year. So, you know, we're going to make an effort this year to, to get together and uh, share our thoughts with you guys.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, to start off today... We will talk a little bit about the Cubs uh, roster because although it seems like the 25 man is basically set, I also think that uh, there are several uh, interesting uh, developments that could happen such as, um, I don't know, like second base, Baez, is he finally going to start? Is he finally gonna get? How's was his hamstring? I, I well, <laughs> well, I think I think I don't. I'm not worried about the hamstring really. I think that uh, every other year that he's been in the league, leading up to this, he's kind of been like a utility man. He's gotten his fair share yep. of starts, but he's never really had a crack at um, catching like a like a gold glove. Like you know, to be in a gold glove, you've got to have you know a certain amount of you starts. Play at the a... same position enough. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so with Brian at third. Rizzo at first, Russell at short. Um Zobrist is a little older. Um so you would think that Baez would get most of the starts at second, but then you kind of yeah. you kind of look at you kind of look at who's playing left. So it kind of depend it kind of depends on who who's in the outfield, right? Cuz cuz if Zobrist is playing in the outfield, Baez will get more shots at second. If Hap is playing in the outfield, Baez will get more shots at second. Like It's not like Baez has done anything to make you say, like, okay, he has to start every day because the guy swings at everything outside of the zone.
0: Yeah. No, and you made a couple points there that, you know, just just have to touch on. First of all, you you call Zobrist old, and he's only a couple years older than I am, so that hurts. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I've hit that point where, you know, you forget that a lot of these ballplayers are, almost all of them are younger than you are, and then you hear that guy's old and you look at his age and you go, well, crap. I guess I'm getting old too, but um, you know, I think Hap has played his way into a, a starting position, at least the way he's playing this this far in the spring and the fact that we need a leadoff man and he's started to excel there. So, you know, where does he fit into the lineup and you well, know tell, does he start to tell getting me where he plays? Play
1: tell me where he plays.
0: Well, that's the question. That's exactly it. You you know, who's our center fielder? You know, you, you touched on left and right. Well, who's our center fielder? Is it hap? Is it Elmora? You know, I I could see either one of those guys being considered for it. You know, the bat with Hap definitely seems more apt for it. But Elmora's glove, I mean, you put that guy out there and it's it's incredible. But then, what do we go, gold glove, center field, right field, but hit 240, 250 on both of them? Or do you think Elmora can do better than that this year?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Elmora didn't really get much of a shot against anyone outside of left-handers last year. Um, Right. um, I don't know. It's tough because, like, all right, I love Hap's approach. Like he comes in, he just looks mean as hell at the plate, right? Like he, does. he doesn't smile. He he's just mean as hell. But then you hear, like I've heard that he's one of the funniest guys in the locker room. Like, <laughs> like how? Yeah. I it's it's I don't know because Elmora, you all right coming into like the Theo Epstein era, Elmora was their first first round pick. Mm-hmm. Um. So you kind of expected him to eventually be the starter, but then last year Joe didn't put him against anyone but lefties. Well, yeah, John Jay right. too. But then, like, yeah. going then into there's no the, John Jay this year. Going into the season, they were talking about Hayward playing some left field, but Hayward can't hit. Like, if you want to see, if you want to see 250 balls rolled over to second base, you'll start Hayward every single day. <laughs> so I think that like. I th- I think that Hayward in right field might be like I think he might get like the like April if he's not hitting by the end of April I think that he's gonna um you know he'll
0: yeah. take I, I I agree I think they're gonna give him a a month or so you know maybe a little less maybe a little more depending on what they see but. Yeah, I just can't see them giving him a full season like they did last year. I don't care what we're paying him, you know. Th- this is not the year after we won the World Series anymore. You can't have a guy out there that's that much of a liability on offense and I like to believe that he's turned his swing around that he's found his way but I mean you got too many other guys on this team that hit too well to have him out there flailing about and like you said rolling over balls you know I'm just looking real quick at Hap here I mean he's a center fielder I mean that's what he's listed on the depth chart as is a center fielder and if you look at his stats in the field
1: he's 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 good he is I think they drafted him as a second baseman though so it's been kind of like an like an all around positional change Uh, that they put him into. um.
0: Well, if you look at the the spread last year, he played second, third, left, center, and right. So, I mean, he played out, you know, quite a few different positions, but he played more center field than anywhere else, 54 games, started 41, and made two errors. So, I mean, that's not too bad. He He plays a good center field, good enough that he's not a liability out there. And if you look at the fact that he hit 24 home runs, in a matter of uh you know limited starts i mean how do you not put that bat out
1: there yeah i know i know i agree but like again like the errors are only the balls that you get to and you miss like true like center fielders they they get to a lot of ball you know i don't know i Maybe You're right, he that didn't... is definitely the
0: position that, that out of any of them, you can hide a lot of errors in, in
1: plays that the guy just flat out didn't. They could have they. Like, gapped him a lot, and like, he just couldn't get there. Um, and a guy like El Mora, yeah.
0: I mean, he's the opposite. He is going to track down every ball. He is going to make every play. I mean, his glove is, is phenomenal. But again, that's what we have in right field, at least to start the season with Hayward. So maybe it's Hayward. Maybe he proves that his bat's not there and then Hap ends up in in right. (laughs) I think he's
1: already proven that his bat's not there. It's, (laughs) It's crazy. He's proven
0: that last year and the year before that, but I mean... For what what the guy's getting paid, he's going to get a chance every year to reprove it. Yeah. You know, and the question mark really becomes, when he proves that the bat's not there again, will they actually bench him? See. I mean, can you bench a guy that's got the the highest contract on the team? I
1: think when you're the Chicago Cubs, you can. Yeah. I I think you're right. You know, same thing. Like, if you were the Yankees, you could do it. If you were the Dodgers, you could do it. The teams that have yeah. the money. Well, when, you,
0: when you've got World Series ambitions, you have to be willing sometimes to make those tough calls. And, and I think that's the tough call. And I think the other tough call is you got a guy like Zobrist who, who Madden loves. He's played with him for or he's managed him for so long over two different teams. And they brought him in because he was the utility man that Madden really loved. And I, I hope this year that's what he gets used as. I hope that the rest of the team stands up enough that that, that's all we need to use him as. And he can go out there and play, you know, not start every game, but get into almost every game and start when they need somebody to get some rest. But, I mean, I like what you said at at first. Baez belongs at second base starting. Although you made a point in the conversation we had the other day, what about Baez at short? I mean, you want to talk about a bat that struggled? Look at Russell. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have the contract, and he really struggled last year. Um, You know, Baez can play short, and he can play it damn well. Does he shift over to short to get his every day? I
1: don't, I don't uh, like buys at position. short. I don't like buys at short. Um, first of all, I'm going to defend Russell here because he had some off the field stuff going on last year. And like, I know that's not like a forgivable thing, but uh, he, it still is only a second. He's young. He's second year in the, in the league. He like. He's still got power. He's still, I don't, I'm talking off the top of my head here. I think he had like 20, 21 he home runs 20, 20, still.
0: In in 16, he had 21 in a full season. Last year, he only played 110 games, uh, 12 home runs, 239 okay. batting average. Okay. So, I, you know, his average stayed the same. He was 238 in 16. Uh, batting average but he hit 21 homers you know he he really I mean if you look at his offensive stats I think his defense covers for his offense a lot because we all know the glove there is is extremely solid but his three major league seasons he's batted 242, 238, 239 hit 13, 21, and 12 home runs his first two seasons he struck out 149, 135 and then in the short season 91. See that's funny
1: it's funny because all right so I know Baez has the batting average he has like the 270 or whatever, um, mm-hmm. but I, I I think that him and Russell are real uh, similar in the fact that they're free swingers and they they swing at things outside of the plate, and like I've I've heard a lot of experts talk about how uh, Russell should have you know 25 to 30 home run power going forward, and the thing that I personally like about Russell the most is that. He he's got really good defense, and he doesn't batch the easy plays. Where like you'll see Baez make the spectacular play, but then he'll batch the easy one in shortstops where you don't want to batch the easy one. So like I kind of like I kind of like Russell for another year at shortstop to see if he because he's still what 23, 24 years old. Like they're both like twenty four. Yeah, he's, he's young. They're both like twenty four years old.
0: Yeah, Baez is twenty five. And Russell, just pulling him up real quick here, but I think you're right. I think he's, yeah, 24. Yeah. So, I mean, you're exactly right. These are young players who really have had to grow up at the major league level. I mean, if you look at at Russell, who's already working on his fourth season at age 24, about to start his fourth major league season, I mean, that that definitely puts him in the league very young. And you can forgive a 149 strikeout season for a guy who was only 21 years old. Yeah, I mean. So, yeah. I'm with you. I think our infield, you know, Baez at second, Russell at short. I think that's a really solid double play combo right there. I think both guys have potential to hit better than they did. I think both guys have 25 home run bats. I think both guys are going to hit in that 250 to 275 range. I, I don't see either one of them like you mentioned free swingers. I don't see them getting too much better than that on the average. I'd like to see them cut down on their strikeout totals, but the defense for those guys is so so good that, you know, they can they don't need to be 330 hitters. You know, that's not what their game needs to be as much as I'd love to see that, but get some power in there, get a decent average, cut down the strikeouts and keep playing solid defense and then, you know, you got Rizzo and Bryant on the corners. I mean, that's a hell of an infield.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think I like oh, – man, it's tough for me to talk about because, like, I think Baez might hit. Ha- – all right, so he's always swinging for the fences, and I think Baez might be more of a candidate for, like – like, I would love to see him just start pulling balls down the line, whereas, like, you see Russell's got the big uppercut swing where you, like – it looks like he's swinging above his shoulders, but he's like hitting him out of the park. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like he barely oh, yeah. has any neck there to like, <laughs> <you> <laughs> <know>? <laughs> and he's just swing. <laughs> and I like I'd I'd be happier with Baez if he if he just started hitting doubles, and yeah, and you know he he just needs to get on like I don't feel like our middle infielders should be hitting seven and eight in the lineup. Like, that's where they find themselves consistently, seven and eight in the lineup. I want I just want to see them put enough trust in the Madden to get themselves up into, like, the, you know, may, maybe he finally pushes the lineup back and puts Bryant at three, Rizzo at four, and then sticks one of them in at two behind, you know, yeah. Ian Happ, who I'd like to see leading off. But then Ian Happ yeah, can I'm also play second base well. So, like, if one of them starts screwing up or gets on a cold streak they can always put Happ in at second and the other one of them to it at short well I I agree I mean the flexibility
0: that this roster has is is really exceptional and I I think that's one of going to be one of the greatest strengths of the Cubs throughout the 2018 season is that they have a lot of flexibility you know and there's one guy we haven't even mentioned yet who I think deserves a, a huge mention this year Skinny Schwarber. Good old skinny (laughs) Schwarber. I was thinking the same thing. The nickname for him this year. Skinny Schwarber. Um, you know, Jeff and I are in a fantasy baseball league together. I just changed my team name to the Skinny Schwarber's. Uh, Uh, I didn't even know. I I think he's gonna have a monster, monster season this year. I mean, I saw a picture of him the other day, and before I could see the face, I thought I was looking at a picture of Chris Bryant. I mean, that guy has absolutely retooled his body to be a baseball player's body. Instead of a football player couch potato body, I, I like you know, his facial I, I really hair better than it's... Chris
1: Bryant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know I'm not, I'm not going to get any deeper into the looks than, than just saying that. I like the way his I like the baseball shape that he's in. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> but he's uh, he's he looks like a monster. I mean, the guy has got great baseball instincts. He's played great baseball already in his career, except for last year. Um, and now he didn't come into spring training looking like a potato with arms. You know, I think that's the biggest change is that he's come in looking like he's ready to play. Uh, He's got the knee brace off. He he can play left field and actually run out balls and and look like he's an athlete out there on the field. So, you know, I I think his defense is always going to be a little less than what you might like out of your left fielder. But I think it'll be enough that we're not looking at him going, oh man, he's he's got to go get, go get that ball again. You know, he he can play. He can really feel this position now and do it a little bit better with the less weight that he's dragging around, the the less restrictions on his knee, his his ability to run, and then get him at the plate with some extra power from you know being able to actually turn around the middle as opposed to having something in the way. I I'm excited to see what he can do.
1: You know, I it's funny you bring up his defense because like I agree that he, he looked like a potato with arms but but like i didn't think he played too many balls that wrong um he did have some bad moments but you got to remember it. like he's not he wasn't a left fielder like i thought he no. played pretty well in left field he made some good plays and i think now with the less weight to carry around he'll be able to make some better plays and i here Quote me on this, I think he will be a better left fielder than Alfonso Soriano was. Wow, you are setting your standards really high. (laughs) Oh, am I? (laughs) I guarantee he doesn't do a hop and tear a calf. I I could tell you straight up, he's
0: not going to hop, even though now he could actually get his weight up off the ground. I don't think he's going to start incorporating the Soriano hop. And if anyone ever does, again, I I will just start to cringe because... You can't get much worse than that looked, But, I mean, to your point, how many catchers can you take and convert to the outfield and have them have the baseball instincts that Schwarber has had over the last you know season plus that he's played out there? True. I mean, this is a guy who was, was brought up as a catcher, you know, and he was working to try to become a better and better catcher before he had the knee injury that kind of forced the Cubs to say, you know, you're not going to be able to squat your whole career. We want your whole career, so let's get you in the outfield. And his instincts are there. Now I think his body is there with him. I actually think he's going to be – you know, again, I'm not going to say great, but above average. I mean, in, hey, in he hit,
1: he hit 30 home runs last year even with the 2.11 despite, batting average.
0: 211. Yeah, despite the 2.11 average, you're right. And I mean, him the key this year cut down the strikeouts, get the average up, and, and as long as he's putting the bat on the ball, he's going to hit home runs. You know, that's one thing I don't feel like he lost with the weight loss. He didn't lose the power.
1: If if uh if you put Wilson Contreras out in left field, he'd have to run into the mound every other inning. <laughs> he'd
0: be exhausted by about <laughs> yeah, the third yeah inning, he'd be doing right. wind sprints <laughs> yep yep well that's that'll be an interesting one here I think we avoided the the majority of the pace of play changes that were talked about but I know Contreras was not happy to hear that they were going to limit uh you know catchers visits to the mound and correct me if I'm wrong did that end up getting implemented or did they end up tabling that because I think they they ultimately did not fully implement that plan
1: yeah no they didn't um They've been doing six visits per game, six mound visits. Okay, but I think that'll get them through the third. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and I and I think that like the majority of I think uh, I don't even know if it'll affect you, if it'll affect anything. Like maybe Wilson, yeah. maybe when Contreras is pitching with Lester. I I guess I'm not too knowledgeable on the subject, but like I I don't think that like. It'll actually affect anything they they took like the like the most mound visit like the average mound visits and they upped it by like two or something you know right and then if you go into extra innings you get one extra mound visit per inning so like okay. it's not yeah I mean I, I think he'll be able to manage with it. you know what I'd prefer this over the pitch clock oh yeah because Definitely. the pitch clock would ultimately change the game completely. Well, I mean, the, the
0: problem with this whole conversation, Jeff, is you and me are, are baseball fans. You know, we are the kind of guys who who just enjoy watching a baseball game. And no matter how long that game lasts, I enjoy it first pitch to last pitch. So I mean they're really not making these changes for you or I. They're making it for the the people who are not a true baseball fan, who are a casual fan, who are not a true football fan but can turn on an NFL game and watch a guy get three concussions in 5 minutes and enjoy that and then turn it off and move on but still buy a jersey cuz they thought it was cool. That's what the MLB is trying to attract is that casual fan who wants to be able to sit down and watch a game and take it all in, in, you know, less than three, four hours where, you know, I'm the kind of guy who, if I'm on a road trip and the Cubs are playing, it's like, I just won the lottery because that three hours plus of that road trip are going to go by real fast as I listen to Pat Hughes crooning on the radio. Um, But, you know, that's not what they're trying to attract. You know, you and I actually are really not the opinions on this subject that matter because, I don't care. Let the game be as long as it is.
1: I think I think the the fan they're trying to attract is the young fan who keeps watching basketball. Cuz the, the NBA, the NBA ratings and revenue continue to grow. And I'm not saying that like the baseball revenue doesn't continue to grow cuz it does. But like the, the average age of a baseball fan is 53 years old. Right. That's a problem. The problem is like when I was a kid, me and my buddies would go and we would go play, there'd be three of us. We'd have a pitcher, a hitter, and an outfielder. And we'd go play at, uh, yep. you know, Oak Ridge. Mm-hmm. We'd go play in like the, on the blacktop at Oak Ridge. And, and we'd play in front of a brick wall and, you know, someone would be pitching, someone would oh, be yeah. hitting. And, and like, you don't see everything that kids are doing now is organized. So none of them are doing that. And like. Like, nobody, like, they all want to play basketball. Like, if they're playing organized baseball, they're just playing a couple times a week. Like, it's not like they're playing it for fun. I don't, it's, it's almost like they're playing because, like, their parents want them to play or, you know, they're, I, it's, it's just, it's not the same. Like, they're not getting the young fans. So I think they're trying to, with all, like, the, like the media devices that their that kids are looking at? Oh, yeah. You know, all the all the screens. Well,
0: holding an attention span is harder now than it's ever been. You know, it's that that instant gratification generation. And, you know, I think the, the non-change air quotes on the baseball that allowed so many hitters to hit 30-plus home runs last year, you know, I think that's a big part of it. You know, how, how much excitement is there in a home run versus a pitcher's duel? you know, for this younger generation, that's what they want is the excitement. So that's where I kind of go back to is, you know, the game can be as long as the game is. But if you find excitement in it, it doesn't matter that it's, you know, two hours, three hours or four hours. Right. I'm with you. I think it's definitely that younger generation that they're trying to attract. And I'd much rather see a limit on between at bats, time that's taken, number of mound visits, you know, all the extemporary things other than adding a pitch clock to where you actually are upsetting the, the flow of the game.
1: Well, here's, here's the problem. Okay. So you look at football today. Um, just an example. It's a lot more passing than it was 10 years ago. A lot less defense, like in the super bowl. I, be, I think there was only like, Oh yeah. Like one or two punts, like everything else was scoring plays. So like, what the hell is the point of the defense? Right. Like right? Just, just let them go out there and freaking like, you know, throw a deep pass, see if he can catch it. And then, like last year, I believe baseball recorded the most home runs ever. They did? Right, across the league. So they're trying to, to improve, improve the game by, I don't know, a lot of people think they were juicing the balls or making them tighter wound, so they flew further. Well, they brought them to the max of the threshold. You know, the MLB
0: keeps saying there was nothing out of the ordinary because there's a threshold of tolerance on the ball. And they just took it to the max one end of the threshold that allowed for more home runs. I mean, that's really, and then you pair that with a, a mindset of the players that they're all trying to hit balls in the air. You know, it just happened to be kind of a perfect convergence of a season where guys were trying to hit the ball in the air and a ball that was flying just a little bit further because it was on one end of the tolerance scale. And it was the perfect storm. But, you know, I mean, look, I loved it. And I think a lot of fans did love it. And I, I don't have a problem with baseball taking steps like that. It's fair across the league. It's not like one the Yankees game they're using those balls, and then the Cubs games they're not. As long as everybody's using the same balls, the same standards, I don't care if they do little things like that that artificially allow you know additional power, more excitement in the game. You know, attract those fans because the last thing I want to see is the game that I love get diluted in any way because oh, there's just not enough fans watching it. You know, it's a 162 game season. I think that is the biggest difference between baseball and any other sport. I mean, football. Oh well, yeah, they a week, play. They play
1: every day. Yep. But here's my problem with it. I like I don't care if there's home runs. I when I go to games, I want to sit behind the plate so I can see the pitches. Like I like watching the pitchers and I like when I'm when I'm sitting at home on TV, I like watching the movement of the pitches and seeing how badly these these hitters miss. Yeah. Like and it's also is equally as impressive to see them lay off the ball that they should have swung at or like hit the ball that like, you know, it's it's the perfect game already like you just got to get kids playing with it so you can play in the game so that they can watch it you don't need i don't feel like you need to make any changes no,
0: I, I'm with you. You know, and again, you, know, you and I, fans of the game, I think is the, you know, we're the ones that, that they're not trying to appeal to at this point. And that's what's a little bit frustrating is baseball does have a tremendous fan base. And I think they they risk alienating their current fan base as much as they, you know, have the potential to bring in new fans. And, uh, you know, I, I like to think you and I are bringing them a little bit more revenue than a, a 13-year-old kid that they're trying to attract to the game. Now, maybe long-term, <laughs> that guy's got more years left yeah. to, to donate yeah, his paychecks no. to the game. But, you know, right now, don't don't get rid of your casual, you know, 20s and 30s and 40s and 50-year-old, you know, fans. Because, you know, these are the guys who who are making the sport go around right now. We're the ones taking our families out to the ballgame. So, you know, don't make me dislike <laughs> the game because you added so many things about it that just ruin the
1: game. I've actually already laid off on the games. I... Like, before I had my kid, I I would go to games weekly, you know? Yep. Like, I, I would go to games all the time, and now I'm going to just, like, three or four a game, but that's because of the kid anyways. Yeah. Like, the kid that they want to get sucked in. I mean, I promise Major League Baseball, my kid's going to love baseball, but, like... Ditto to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't know, like... You, like you can't keep messing with it you can't just say do- like i was a fan of them getting rid of the home field advantage being the decider oh yeah of the like like the the all-star game yeah but i i, don't, I just don't know what like just keep keep it going how it's going get more kids like like use your money to set up ways for kids to play Maybe I mean I guess that's still organized, but yeah, but they've done a little bit of that. But I think you're right;
0: they could do a lot more with making sure that you know there's fields available and there's youth programs that maybe aren't you know costly because baseball, like any other sport for kids, it's got a cost associated to it, and Major League Baseball could subsidize a lot of that. And I think you know, like you said, it's organized. Well, that's almost one of the problems that baseball has with the youth is like you need
1: you need nine per people per team.
0: You need that many guys. You can't just get two guys playing two on two like basketball basketball or a couple guys playing flag football or hitting a hockey ball around you know it's um I know it's called a hockey puck I played street hockey as a kid hockey ball was what we played <laughs> so for everyone who's listening who goes doesn't, call even, doesn't even know what a hockey uh, puck is I do know but you know it's a lot easier <laughs> a to get pick ball. A, yeah the hockey ball it's a lot easier to get out and play a game of hockey ball than it is to get out and play a game of baseball when you need to get 18 guys together to truly you know get a, a full game going so, I don't know. We'll be. It'll be interesting to see how, how the pace of play changes affect the game this year, whatever it is they do put in, and and I think, you know, thankfully it seems like a lot of the the, the worst of the changes are not going to be seen this year. But back to our, our conversation we digressed from, you know, Wilson Contreras. I mean, talk about a great uh, aspect of our team. You know, this year I think he needs to focus on pitch framing. I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, talking about watching the ball come into the glove and watching the movement on the pitch. How many times did you last year see Wilson Contreras kind of flap his mitt at a pitch and cost his pitcher a strike? I mean, that was was driving me nuts.
1: A lot of the problem is he starts moving to make the, like when someone's on base, he starts moving to make a throw before the pitch is in. And then the umpire is like, oh, what the hell happened? And like just calls it a ball or something. Yeah,
0: that's exactly it. And they almost need to train the problem. umpires again to understand that you know th- th- this modern game involves a lot more of the catcher trying to control the the running game, you know, and the the throwing behind the first base runner, you know, the runner on first throwing out the runner at second. That's a huge part of Wilson's game, and unfortunately, it has. It's it's caused him to start getting a little jumpy and come up out of the crouch and move faster than the umpires ready for. And, and they do they call it a ball when it's clearly a strike, but he was moving his glove, so it must not have been a strike. Um, but I think that's a focus point this year for him is make sure he's not costing his pitchers those strikes, but then somehow find a way to not let that impact what's such a great part of his game the ability to pick off the runner.
1: Yeah, I honestly don't remember any catcher before like him and David Ross teamed up like throwing to the bases as much as they do. No. And actually getting people out loud.
0: Yep. Well, and it's, it's that's really a, impressive. That's a huge skill for Anthony Rizzo too at first base is taking that pit that that throw from the catcher and turning it into an out. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I watched him kind of. You know, yes, it was a great throw from Contreras, but without Rizzo receiving that throw, it was not going to be an out. Um, yeah, you know, I had to laugh. I, I saw something earlier today about. Uh, Ryan Braun is, I guess, playing some first base this season or or trying out first base just because they've got an overloaded outfield. And, um, you know, the comment that I saw was that he he said something to the the effect of, I was not ready for this. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think a lot of guys look at first base and go, oh, it's like the easiest position on the field. And I mean, maybe that's true. You know, maybe it is easier than shortstop or second or third. But I mean, you look at the guys who play that position and play it well, it's not easy to do what they do. And, you you know, I think Rizzo. I mean, the guy's got like ballerina shoes that he throws on every once in a while to go make a catch, where he's standing on the tarp uh, and then you know picking off runners and you know fielding the ball. It's a tough position to play, and you know he plays it so well. I think we as Cubs fans kind of take that for granted. Well, here's the here's the
1: problem. Here's the problem. Yeah, Rizzo's awesome, but like, there's a bunch of guys like him, right? Yeah. Don't, don't you think like, I, think so. I, I don't know. Come, first two that come to mind are like Goldschmidt and Vado, And they're both in the national league. Vado's in the national league central with him. Like there's a bunch of guys like him. Those the two came to mind is... for
0: me also. And, and how about this? How many gold gloves has Rizzo not won
1: at first base? I'm assuming all of them. <laughs> I think so. I mean, that's that was my
0: point. As I mean, I, I look at him and say how great he is, and I, I'll be honest with you. I'm looking it up right now. I don't think he's won a Gold Glove yet at first base, and, and that just kind of goes to show you, you know, what who is who are these other guys? Well, he did win yeah, it. Here in 16. we go. He did win it. I got it. it. In no, 16. yeah.
1: Goldschmidt won last year. Rizzo the year before. Goldschmidt the year before. Gonzalez in fourteen, Goldschmidt in thirteen, LaRoche in thir- in twelve, Vado in eleven, Pujols in ten. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Rizzo—he's he great. One. But
0: there are other guys out there that are really just fantastic first basemen, also. So to your point, yeah, I mean, I think people just assume that it's an easy position to play because we've you know lived in an era of some really good first basemen. So, hey,
1: before Rizzo, before Rizzo, who was the last Cubs first baseman to win one?
0: Well, it's not fair, because I'm looking at the list right now. Uh, oh, but, yeah, okay, okay. But he, he was one of my favorite Cubs back when, uh, when he was a Cub. Bef- and it's, it's a before good, he broke his wrist? Yep, before he turned into what I would uh, unaffectionately refer to as double play Derek Lee. Uh, yeah, he was a fantastic hitter and towards the end of his career there, you know, he, he could teach Jason Hayward a thing or two about rolling over a pitch and turn it into a double play ball.
1: (laughs) He could, he could, Uh, Derek Lee
0: killed me, but Derek Lee, 2007 gold glove at first base. So yeah, the Cubs have had some good first basemen and, and as have the national league in general, but you know. I think that that's one of those things where with Wilson's game, you know, he he can take advantage of that great first baseman he's got there and, you know, make sure he's, you know, taking the pitch the right way and not costing strikes and then doing what he did on offense last year. I mean, he was a a beast and, you know, should continue to be so this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I Man, I I think, you know, I think the world of Anthony Rizzo and, like, it, it sucks looking at the stats and seeing, like, you know Vado's hitting three twenty, <laughs> like yep. Goldschmidt stealing like thirty bases, right? How many mm-hmm. do he steal? Uh, he's still like thirty or so. More but, than a like, few. I don't know. So so then that like that makes me think of uh, you know the Rizzo Bryant combination. Yeah. Like, no. How I think, uh... how good are they? Like, where would you pair? Where would you put them on like the on the spectrum of? you know, duos, like, uh, I guess he, they're not a three, four, they're a two, three, because for some reason, yeah, that's, that's Madden Bryant being Madden. second, Yeah. Yeah. So, so if they were a three, four, where would you put them on like the, the combo of hitters?
0: Well, I mean, as a Cubs fan, Jeff, I I'm always going to put them at the top because that's just where my natural inclination goes. But, uh, you know, you and I chatted about this a little bit and challenged, uh, each other to kind of look at it a little deeper than just who's your favorite two hitters in, in baseball. Because I mean, Bryant and Rizzo, I mean, those guys, they brought us a World Series championship. There's no questioning that they were the core of that team in 2016 that led us to the championship. And, you know, I I think that's forever going to give them a place in every Cubs fan's heart as the best two-hitter combo in baseball. And then their personalities, you know, the Brizzo Souvenir Company and all those things. I mean, those guys are so easy to love as players and as people on the field and off the field. But you know, I think as we started looking at this, it was shocking how many other teams have some incredible, you know, one-two punches or three-four punches, as it may be. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I have to admit, and it, it it pains me, I don't think Bryant and Rizzo are the best two-hitter combo of any team in baseball. No,
1: no, I don't think so. They are by a long shot. Like I would take several over them. Um, it's funny because once you start splitting up, splitting them up. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think I would take Rizzo over Bryant, honestly. Um, well, the
0: consistency with Rizzo is just incredible. I mean, you know, hitting 30 bombs every year and the leadership that he brings to that team. Um, but Bryant, I mean, think about how young and we talked about Russell and Baez being young. Bryant's right there with those guys just a year or two older, um, you know, just as young in terms of years in the league. And I think, you know, he keeps bringing that strikeout number down, that walk number up, and keeps, you know, hitting for power like he does. He has such easy power. and You know, I hear that term whenever I see him play, and I love it because he does. I mean, the guy looks like he's barely swinging the bat, and he just crushes the ball out of the stadium. So, I mean, I think he's going to just keep getting better. But if you look at who's the better I player hope so. today, I, yeah, I'd have to probably give it to Rizzo.
1: It's just, it's, yeah, but like, like Brian's got the rookie of the year, and he's got the MVP, like, but I don't think his numbers are <laughs> much better than Rizzo. Like, I don't understand. Like, the awards really skew it. Um, yeah, but, no, you're like, right. He's gotten think... the
0: love. You know, that's that's for sure. He's definitely gotten the love. And, and, you know, for whatever reason, you look at their 16 stats, and it was 292 with 32 homers for Rizzo, and it was 292 with 39 homers for Bryant. So, I mean, he hit a few more homers. Um, you know they both struck out a little over a hundred times Rizzo had uh, what is it seventy four walks to bryant seventy five I mean those are some really similar numbers and it was a handful of extra home runs that gave Bryant the MVP
1: yeah yeah i you'd like to I, I don't know how they go about it like i i I think he I think Rizzo finished fourth that year and like Daniel Murphy finished second and he was hitting like three thirty or something I don't know yeah but but like then you think about Daniel Murphy like he's got Harper.
0: Yep. Murphy like, and him, Harper, Harper. got to be up on that list, no doubt.
1: They're 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 up on that list and then and then <clears throat> you look at the World Series champs last year who um, by the way Dallas Keuchel yeah I don't think Keiko was like smack talking the Cubs. I I, I think don't he was think defend- so but <laughs> I think he was def- I think he was defending their team, right? Yeah, right? Like they- well, cuz the question could- the question was asked like right. are you going to have the the hangover like the Cubs. So they they kind of force fed him that that question with the answer, right? Well, I mean, for, for those who haven't heard it, uh,
0: Dallas Keuchel made the statement that the, uh, the Astros are not going to have a hangover this year like the Cubs supposedly had last year because they're a better team. Um, you know, and that, that struck a, a chord with a lot of Cubs fans because yes, 2017 by comparison to 2016 was a down season, but we still made it to the NLCS. You know, we still lost to a really tough Dodgers team. Um, you know, I'm sorry, but that to me doesn't mean that we had a hangover per se. It just, it wasn't, 16 was such a high. I mean, how many guys did we send to the all-star game in 16? You're not going yeah, to live up to that every year.
1: All right, well, hold on, hold on. I don't I don't believe in that whole all-star game thing because, cause like, most, like, we had the whole infield as starters. Like, that's all fan voted. That's true. Right? That's true. Like, like Chicago population versus Houston population, like we can't we can't use that to base the again uh, on top of like all the out of city fans we have. Well, right, the old but, WGN connection. Yeah, but like he was saying, they had better players. Like I, I just feel like I just feel like that's the only way he could answer that, right? Like, yeah, no, you're right.
0: I mean, without insulting his own team, his own teammates, you, you have to answer it along those lines. But it begs the question, I mean, if we were to look at their number, you know, top two hitters, Altuve, Correa, I mean, I think those are probably the, the top two you'd have to pick on that team. Would you t- take yeah. Altuve and Correa over Rizzo and Bryant?
1: I think I, uh, I think I would, and it sucks because, like, <laughs> I had this conversation with someone earlier, and, uh, like, I vigorously fought for Rizzo and Bryant. And then by the end of it I was like, yeah, you're right. Like I need the 200 200 hits and the yeah. and the 60 stolen bases, you know. Right. And like, doing
0: it all at second and short instead of first and third.
1: Yeah, and then they still have Bregman and Springer and oh yeah, they got a sick lineup. You, you like, they, I feel pieces. like their lineup I feel like their lineup doesn't have as many questions as ours does. Like maybe they'll have more after this year. Right? Yeah. Like Maybe they'll have more after this year, because like last year was like their 2016. when I'm just gonna
0: say when you have the magic season where it all comes together and you win the World Series, it's hard to look at the team and say, yeah, but you know they really didn't have this or that. They had it all. I mean, it was all firing. They 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 made the right trade at the deadline. You know, it's hard to look at a team that just won the World Series and say, oh yeah, but they didn't have this, because I wouldn't have said that. Ab- about the Cubs after 16, you know, they weren't really missing pieces, you know, so yeah, let's see how they come together this year, you know, who has a, a slump year, who has a great year, who who doesn't look like they did for the Astros in 17 before we start right. handing them another championship, because, you know, I, I think they're a great team, I mean, don't don't get me wrong, but uh, now, so is, is Correa, El Tuve, is that the best two-hitter combo, you know, I mean, what about the Yankees, they just picked up a, a hell of a hitter out of, out of Miami um, in, in Giancarlo Stanton, And they paired him up with the home run home run leader
1: in Judge. Uh, I mean, so here, all right. So here's what here's what you're doing. Do you all right? Do you do you prefer the power guy, or do you prefer the five tool guy? That's a good question.
0: Because are you saying? Are you implying that neither Judge
1: nor Stanton has a fifth tool? I'm implying that Altuve is the five tool guy, and Judge and Stanton are not. I agree. I would have to agree and with I, that. Like I, like Judge and Stanton might hit <laughs> they might hit 80 home runs combined.
0: I think you're lowballing them.
1: You think? You think they're both going to hit 50? That's
0: 40 each. Hits is 80. I mean, didn't they hit about yeah. 50 each last year? Did they? Uh Stanton hit 59 and Judge Jesus was good gosh. for I thought it was right around there, 52. I mean that's 111 combined last year. Yeah, you're taking them all the way down yeah. to 80 this
1: year. <laughs> wow, my God.
0: So I actually yeah, said that they... wrong. Judge was not the home run leader. Stanton was the home run leader coming to the Yankees, where the AL home run leader already resided. So I mean, I think given the two of them a combined hundred home runs, I mean you got six tools. That you you know let me know what they are because you might need them to beat two
1: guys who are going to combine for a hundred homers. God, I I hate the Yankees. I think that um I hope that everybody just intentionally walks both of them and then they don't get the chance to hit that many. Well, and then you got
0: Gary Sanchez hitting 33 home runs who's going to come up and clear the base. <laughs> Give it to
1: Sanchez. I prefer Sanchez. Um yeah, I don't know. I still don't know cuz how many of those will be solo shots for yeah, I don't know. It's
0: that's a tough one, uh, but you know, so so I'm mean, back to the Let's...
1: conversation: is
0: is Judge Stanton? Does that does the home run power? Does that take it? Or you know, you like you said, El Tuve with the five tools and Correa, who's a, a splendid player. How about a little little uh, you know local for me? You know, I live in Denver, Colorado. How about Arenado Blackman? I mean, there's a lot all of right, people so who put I... Arenado above Bryant, you know, on the list of third basemen and overall players. And Charlie Blackman, I, think... I mean, talk about a great hitter.
1: I all right, so I I think I would put. Man, I would choose Arenado over everybody in the league. If I was starting a team today, I would probably take Arenado first. Which a lot of people might say take well, El Tuve, you know, because El Tuve's got what? What'd you say? Four or five years of two hundred hits. Yeah, I like Arenado. Um, as you know, if I was starting a team, I would take Arenado my, as my third baseman. See, like what I would do is I would take. Arenado is my third baseman, he's my cleanup hitter. And then I would look for a you know, an ace starting pitcher, you know. If if I had everything I wanted, I would take Arenado, then Max Scherzer, and then I'd go looking for an Altuve, you know, an on base guy to hit in front of Al but
0: Sure. So you don't buy the the course field advantage for Arenado cuz you know, he's played his whole career here. Yeah.
1: I don't think so. Man, cuz he's he's winning gold gloves too and like yeah. I he might not have as many home runs as like Stanton, but still Stanton he hit 280. What did Aaron Otto hit? He probably hit close to 300. 309.
0: 309 with yeah. thirty seven oh, home man, runs maybe. and just just for reference, he hit one more home run at Coors Field than he did on the road last year. Nineteen eighteen. Yeah, split. I
1: think Aaron Otto is the real deal. I just, I, I love Aaron Otto. I love him. He's, yeah, he's a good player. What well, and you're pairing him with Charlie much. Blackman?
0: I mean, how about Charlie Blackman who hit three thirty one okay, so, last year?
1: So Blackman, I don't I don't care too much for <laughs> like. I like him, and I, I like what he's done, and, like, I play beat the streak all the time, so you're always trying to, <laughs> have you ever played beat the streak? I've I, I
0: played a little beat the streak, yeah.
1: All right, so I play beat the streak, and you do too, and um, so you're trying to guess who's going to get a hit that day, and you're trying to string together enough hits to beat the, the, the all-time uh, hit streak, and, like, blackman was like the sure thing last year like i got to like 20 hits a couple times just because of him like i used him 213 hits last year like every other day i used him but like why does it take to your 30 to do this it just doesn't seem right (laughs) you're right he he broke out it's probably right like i'm he probably hates hearing this. He probably hates hearing people say that kind of shit because like, he's like, I've worked my whole life to get there. Right. It finally like, all
0: came together for him, and, and now people give him a hard time because it took a little while. But, you know, here's a guy where, you know, if you want to look at the splits on him, Coors Field is his friend. Uh, 276 on the road, 391 hitter at Coors Field. 24 home runs at home, 13 on the road. So, I mean – that's a guy who you got to kind of look at and say, yeah, I mean, he's getting a little bit of an advantage from the thin air. But, um, you know, this is not a a fantasy draft. This is a, you know, who are your top two hitters? And, you know, you play in the stadium, you play in. That's always been my thought on that argument is I don't care that these guys play in, in the altitude. They play in the stadium, they play in, and they have to go on the road and play there too. And it's not like he put up a 200 on the road and never hit a home run. So sounds like you're saying Arenado, yes,
1: but Blackman, no um yeah so so hold on what are we basing this off of are we just basing it off of pure stats or are we basing it off of oh hey they play in Coors Field where everyone's got an advantage
0: well I think we're basing this off of who we think is the best two players in base on one team in baseball <laughs> best two hitters rather <laughs> I don't think we need to qualify it any specific way but you know I, I think you got to take into account a little bit you know some guys hitters especially have a big advantage out in Colorado all right I mean you know, well, here's what
1: I here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. I'm knocking Rizzo and Bryant out because I already like Altuve and Correa better than them. Okay. Okay. So um, your standard
0: right now is Altuve Correa. And you said Stanton Judge even with 100 home runs, they don't top the five no, tool. They're
1: they're Altuve. not they're not out. They're not out in not my mind. I'm okay. still they're still up for consideration, okay? All right. All right. So what I want to look at next is Murphy, Daniel Murphy, and Bryce Harper. That's because a, That's another good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cause like Daniel Murphy, like he's gone for, like he had his breakout year with the Mets. Yep. And then, and then he like everyone was like, "Oh, it was just a fluke." Because then he and took coming. his
0: talents to DC.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he took his talents to DC. Like, and just got
0: just he, got better. Yes, yes.
1: So and he's a Cubs killer, which. That's so like I'm so just painful. gonna knock him out already. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. Like he's re like him and Harper are real. Like this is the year. Like this is the last year they're gonna be together. I think because I, I think don't so. think I don't think Harper's gonna stick around in Washington. No, I don't think so.
0: He he prefers the color blue.
1: Yeah. So you so you look at Murphy, and he he had. What 23 home runs last year? His highest was the year before his first year with them, 25 home runs. Yep, and he hit 322 last year with a 347 the year before. Never hit higher than 290. Whoa, wait, actually, he had a 320 season back in 2011. But yeah, so like, so like he had some years. All right, so all right, this is this is where I'm coming from. I've got family. With the, who are Mets fans, and they made it seem like 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 no matter what, they always made it seem like Murphy was like when they played the Cubs in 2015 in the NLCS, they made it seem like Murphy was having like the year of his life, right? Which looking at his stats, it doesn't seem like it. No, but not like, the year of his life, but a, a good year. year,
0: no doubt. Because I mean, look they, at that strikeout total. They made a total.
1: huge. They made a huge mistake not paying that guy. Oh
0: no doubt. I mean, look at that. Twenty fifteen, he struck mistake. out thirty eight times and walked thirty one times. I mean,
1: huge mistake. You know. That's, yeah, they that's... are idiots. They should assign him to whatever he wanted.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with
1: you. I there. like. I, I I like the I like the Murph. I like Murphy. Now, what like about him. your he's your five killer. tool
0: argument for him? He doesn't really steal bases. He had no. a couple seasons where he you know double digits, but not really a big
1: base stealer. And no, uh, he's not he's not the five tool guy. See, that's that's kind of the argument. Like, do you want the five tool guy or do you want the the guy that just drives and runs? Reporting. You know, like, does, does the five-tool guy matter? Because, like, I always remembered, like, Corey Patterson coming into the league. Oh, he's going to be a five-tool guy. You know, or, like, or, uh, who else? Uh, Soriano was a five-tool guy once.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's, but, that does, those tools fade too fast <laughs> in the case yeah. of, like Soriano.
1: Yeah, like, Bryce, Bryce Harper, he's not a five. He stole 21 bases one year.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Know.
1: Like I, I all right. So I think I would still take. I would take Arenado over Harper. I don't think I would take Blackman over Murphy. Right. All right. Yeah. So here, would you rather have Arenado and Blackman, or would you rather have Harper and Murphy?
0: That's tough. Um, I think yeah, I, I would.
1: I think I would take. I would take Murphy and Harper to be I honest. I think you're right. I think.
0: I think you're right. I mean, that strikeout total for Murphy is. I mean, his uh, career-wise, he just really does not strike out much. He hits for average, he hits for power, um, you know, and it seems like every time we watch him play, it's because he's, you know, destroying the Cubs. So, I mean, you got to give the guy credit for that too. Um yeah, I mean, I, it's tough. I you know, Again, I, I live in, in the Rockies' home territory, and I see a lot more of those guys. So I think that, you know, despite them not being my my favorite team or anything, I still do see and, and watch a lot of Rockies baseball. And I mean, Blackman, I mean, that guy is just a, a machine in, in, in getting hits. And uh, Arenado, to your point, I mean, just a really, really solid hitter. So it's tough to not look at those guys and say, I mean, how do you, how do you not pick them you know Blackman 37 home runs and a 331 average I mean how do you say that you, you take Murphy God, with a 322 yeah. average and 23 home runs over that I mean you know and Blackman You're right you know he's got speed he stole 14 bases and that's for him a, a down year he was 43 stolen bases in 2015 and he plays a great defense I, I mean all I, right we're I'm, so, I'm struggling right, on. on that one
1: you know All right, so so we're we're crossing out Murphy and Harper, and we're keeping Arenado because I love Arenado. I don't like Blackman. (laughs) It's the beard, man. The beard is really off-putting. I mean, that guy. No, it has nothing to do with the beard. It just has (laughs) to do with like, like all of a sudden, like like. Like he's getting old. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm a fool. Okay. So, all right, let's cross over. Go back to even as far as 2012. He hit 283. 2013, he hit 309,
0: 288, 287, 324, 331. He's a career 305 hitter. Averages, you know, what, probably in the, I guess maybe closer to 20, 25 home runs because those first couple seasons he really did not hit for power. He went from being a speed guy to a power guy. I mean, that's what – it screams steroids. But in this era – It does. I mean, just, in this what, era, on, you like to man. believe that that couldn't be the case, right? I and mean, he played all those seasons in Colorado, so it's not like he suddenly
1: learned, you know, moved into the altitude
0: and, and crushed the ball. But,
1: yeah, And I mean, you know what? Hold on. You know what? Maybe it's just as simple as this. He had a good year. Yeah. That's that's always right? possible, like, maybe Maybe he just had a good – like you're playing – you play su- – like if you play softball in a league with your friends, like you're not gonna hit the same thing every year. All right, all right. All right. So let's cross out. Let's cross out. All right, you talked me into it because I okay. like Arenado a lot and Blackman. You convinced me of, but we're crossing off Murphy and Harper. Okay. Sounds good. All right, so we got Arenado and Blackman. We got Correa and Altuve. And then the next on my list here. Is I've got Nelson Cruz and uh Corey Seeger. Or is that Kyle Seeger? Kyle
0: Seeger yeah, there in Seattle. Kyle I think that one for me is an easy cross off, and I hate I hate to be that you guy, but so? I just don't think Kyle Seeger is, is good enough to be in that one two punch. Cruz, I mean, one of the best power hitters of the generation. But yeah, I mean I just I don't give Kyle Seeger that much credit.
1: All right. <laughs> I need to come up with some sort of argument here. Yeah. I mean I, I just think Because that, like I just think that Seeger is a good
0: player, but he he doesn't hit for average. He strikes out a lot, um, you know. And, and I just to me that's that's too much to get him over the hump of the kind of player that we're talking about He doesn't strike out right
1: that now. much. He doesn't strike out that much. 110 last year. I mean, that's compared not, to I mean that's a lot. That's Chris Bryant. Sure. No, <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right.
0: And I just gave Charlie Blackman all that credit, and he struck out 135 times. So I mean, I, I guess I gotta back down a little bit on the strikeouts for him. But, I mean, a two forty nine average, 27 home runs. Again, good player, but, you know, I just think, you know, again, with with the level of, of combos we're talking about here, I would take Bryant and Rizzo yeah. over Seeger and Cruz. And we already God, have God, it Bryant sucks because,
1: like, Cruz, I would take Cruz over a couple of those guys. But you're right, in terms of duo, they're gone. All right, so I'm on to the Dodgers now. Okay. Justin so who, who's Turner. Your, who's your
0: two from the Dodgers?
1: Let's see. I've got Justin Turner here and Cody Bellinger.
0: Boy, Bellinger, what a season for a rookie. Um, I mean, that's – and Turner. I mean, that guy just had a great year all around. That's a tough one. You know, I I I don't know. I mean, how do you discount those two guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, Justin Turner, he's had a couple of good years in a row. Last year was obviously a really good year. Um 3.22 batting average, 21 home runs, seven stolen bags. Uh, he was, man, he just wrecked the Cubs, so it's easy for me to like see that. Like, I, I hate him, but I would but, take him. I don't know. I don't yeah. think I would take him over like Altuve or Correa. No, and I don't think I would take him over Chris Bryant either.
0: No, I, I still think I, you know, I like Turner. I think he did a great job last year. But, you know, the, the question mark with him is another one kind of big breakout season. You know, he's had a, uh, the season in 16 was pretty good. Before that, I mean, he was kind of a almost like a, a utility type player. I mean, he started for the most part, but not every season. And he didn't really have a great track record. And Bellinger's a straight-up rookie. I mean, the guy hit 39, yeah, he's 39 home runs, but he struck out 146 times. Is Is he the real deal or is he not the real deal? You know, that's the question mark I have with him. So to say that I think say you yeah, take that I think combo. He's the,
1: he's the real deal. He's the real deal, I think, but I don't think I would take that combo over the other two that we've been talking about.
0: So I, I think at, at this point, Jeff, let's pick one more. Is there is there one other team that's got a, a combo that you just couldn't leave off the, the conversation?
1: Um I don't know. Did we talk Stanton
0: and Judge? We said Stanton and Judge. We talked about the, the home run twins. I mean, you've got you know just to throw out a couple. You got J.D. Martinez and and Mookie Betts in Boston. You got Francisco Lindor and Jason Kipnis in Cleveland. Gold Goldschmidt and Lamb, I think, would be Arizona's two. How about Trout? Who do you pair with Trout to make it? I mean, Trout by himself almost carries anybody. We have no idea. But who do you we have? No them?
1: idea what Ohtani is going to do. And yeah, I can't. I, over the hill. I don't think you can count but on yeah, Ohtani as a hitter. Sure. You know, I mean,
0: as a pitcher, I think he's going to do well. But the the little bit I've read on him as a hitter is they're they're saying he really needs some time in the minors to to develop if he's going to hit in the majors. Um, you know, they just picked up Cozart. Cozart had a great season with Cincinnati last year. I think he could be that pairing. I don't but... think
1: any of it. I don't think any of it compares with. All right, so I. Th- I honestly don't think any of it compares with Correa, Altuve, or Blackman, Arenado.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, uh, man, to to really decide between those two, you know, I think you've got to keep in mind here if we're talking about, if the question you're asking is which would you take if you're building a team, which two-player combo would you want to build your team around? There's one factor we haven't put into this conversation, or, or we have but we've ignored it a little bit, age. I mean, Blackman at 32, Arenado is uh, what's he? 26, and then you've got Altuve and Correa, who those guys are 23 and 27. I mean, boy, you're going to get a lot more years out of 23 and 27 than you are out of 26 and 32. You know, not to mention, you know, one piece of this that that to me really makes Altuve and Correa stand out above just about anybody is position: shortstop, second base. I mean, those are some of the hardest positions to find truly talented hitters. Guys who can play solid above average, above solid, great defense, and hit at an elite level and play it, do it at second base and, and shortstop. I mean, center field and third base are, are tough positions, but I mean they're not as no hard. The, there's there's more guys. If you, you can, can plug if in. you can
1: start a team if you can start a team with players at the middle infield positions, that actually put up home runs and power numbers and get on base, then you're in a good spot because there's a plethora of players that can do that from the corners. Exactly. That's all the corner positions do. So, yeah, I think uh, my, my vote would go towards Altuve and Correa and – that sucks because I like, I like, I like Rizzo and Bryant. Yeah, I do too. Well, I'll
0: tell you what, I'm not taking down the, the Rizzo and Bryant pictures off the wall in my office and replacing them with El Tuve Correa. But uh, for the, the, the matter of this conversation, I'll, I'll hand it to those guys. They, they seem to be the best two player, two hitter combo, you know, of any team in baseball as far as we can, can really break it down. And when you look at it in terms of the total package, you know, the the defense, the offense, the the speed, the tools, those guys really do have it all. But, you know, I still like the Cubs chances this year. I like that we got together and did this tonight, Jeff. I think this is something we will uh, work to get out to you guys as often as we can. I hope you enjoyed our our musings here. Uh, We're two Cubs fans uh, obsessed with the Cubs, but we we like baseball in general. So um, this time around, I'm going to try to focus on the whole league, not just our beloved Cubs, but um, be sure you will get a heavy dose of Cubs on this every time you tune in.
1: Hey, I completely agree. I've been watching uh, Minnesota and the Yankees while we're talking here. So got a little bit of twins insight coming your way <laughs> sounds good Jeff I,
0: I, I don't know if I can say I look forward to that insight but uh, it's uh, it'll be valued nonetheless so uh, this has been the cub session podcast 2018 edition um, again you can check us out at cub session pod on Twitter I'm Bill and I'm Jeff and we will talk to you all again soon